Welcome to Own the Microphone. Join me, Bridget McGowan, an award-winning international professional speaker and owner of the independent publishing company, BMAC Talks Press. I am doing something a little different with the podcast. I am bringing you a special 12-part series, and in the series... I sit down with three presentation and communication experts to tackle some of the biggest presentation questions we receive from our audiences. The experts are global communications expert, Monique Russell, Robert Honorado, who's a director of education and a professional speaker. And then there's Diana Howells, an award-winning speaker, best-selling author, and global virtual trainer. You can check out their bios at the end of each show, but for now, tune in and take notes. This is going to be a good one. Hello there, Bridget McGowan, and welcome to today's episode of Own the Microphone. Today, I have with me a former colleague, but always a friend, Robert Honorado. Robert, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me, Bridget. So, Robert, I've always called you Robert, but I know sometimes you'll sign your emails, Bob. What do you want me to call you today? <laughs> Whatever you're most comfortable with. It's been a long, a lot of a long, it's been many years of Robert. So I think Robert is probably easiest and best. Yes, I was so confused when I learned that you mostly go by Bob. So Robert it is. Okay, I love today's question. You brought the question to me, but then you started laughing when I said, that's what we're going to talk about. So <laughs> let's see where this goes. Listeners, just prepare for anything. I, I, I'm telling you, prepare for anything. The question we are addressing today is what is the quickest way to turn off an audience? This is a unique question. I don't know that I've ever addressed this before but it's a really good question so where were you coming from with this one robert um well you know a presentation is is the success of a presentation is very much determined by the audience and so it was sort of twisting it or, or going backwards instead of what makes a really good presentation well what would be bad or how would you turn off an audience um and to jump in i would say first of all being boring <laughs> um, I think, I think that's the really quickest way to turn off an audience. You know, people's time is important. They're even at a conference or, or whatever you're doing the presentation for their time is important and they have other things they can be doing. And so if you are boring or not aligned with, with what the audience or what the, the workshop, the session wants to get out of this then people shut down and they can shut down really easily. Um, I think one of the difficulties when, I know for me, probably for you, is when you give a lot of presentations and you have really high standards, you have less patience when you're sitting in the audience and you can be shut down really quickly. But that goes the same thing for anybody sitting out there. Um, they came for a reason and they would rather be engaged. And so, um 
to turn it back around the other direction. If you understand what's going to turn off an audience, the way I look at preparing a presentation is what would engage the audience, what would make it interesting, what would make it not boring for them. And, you know, start from there, among other things. Right. You kind of reverse engineer it. And I know there are some listeners who will say, well, well, Robert, Bridget, there are some topics that are just boring. I mean, if I've got to present on, you know, I don't know, uh, taxes or I've got to present on, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, right. There are some topics that just don't lend themselves to being, quote unquote, fun. But even with those, how do you make them not boring is by giving the audience a reason to lean in. What are you going to tell me about taxes that's going to be a benefit to me what right. are you going to tell me about whatever watching paint dry and is- to approach it from that way to look right. at it, okay all right i'm stuck with this they want taxes and you know the the most boring presentations are most likely to be boring are the really informational ones um where you've got a whole lot of dry information and you can't always not make it boring. I mean, to be fair, like you said, if we want to just pick on taxes and go with that, um, but there's some work, some detail, some informational presentations that are just packed with detail. But if you start out and you approach it that way and say, okay, I am, no offense, anyone, I'm stuck with this accounting presentation. I'm stuck <laughs> with this tax presentation. What am I going to do? How am I going to get the best out of this, even if it's not going to be my best presentation at all. If you don't give in, if you don't succumb to that topic, you can try and and pull something out of it. And well, and this is the thing, listeners, I want you to listen to the episode that I do with Monique Russell, and it's entitled Engagement to the End. And it Mm. gives you plenty of ideas, even if your topic is dry and boring, plenty of ideas for how to engage your audience. So check that episode out. It's entitled Engagement to the End. Now, here's another way you could turn off your audience, Robert. uh, And that is, or a quick way to turn off the audience. When you make the presentation more about you or all about you and hardly nothing is about the audience, that will turn them off really fast. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. especially if you have someone who introduces you and they're going on and on with this long introduction or reading all these accolades. And then you get up there and every other word out of your mouth is I did this and I said this. And (laughs) Yeah. I hate the eyes. Um, We can all get trapped and lost in the eyes. Um, You know, give a big long biography or resume. And I did, I did, I did. Um, exactly what you're saying it's not about what i did it's about we're here for you today you all are sitting in this audience for some particular reason so what am i going to give you today um not to not to detour or whatnot but in terms of getting ready for a presentation um well engagement is particularly important so again uh, actually i'll detour into there engagement is particularly important i agree with that and i agree with you what how, what can you do to engage that audience? Even if it's the taxes, even if it's the information, how can you present it in such a way where you can ask them questions or do quizzes or some variation on that? So it's, it's I mean, if it has to be a poll, it's a poll, but how can it be more interesting? Um, so I think engagement is key. 
in whatever way possible. And I think not giving up on engagement, you know, you can, you can say, okay, well, it'd be great if I had 20 people and we can talk and I can engage and I can ask them questions. But I know you've done plenty of large presentations. You have to be creative. You have to work at it. But you can engage 60 people. You can engage 100 people. It's not necessarily the easiest thing in the world to do, but you can see what that information is and you can try and figure out how to engage and where to put it so it's not you talking for 60 minutes. Right. Um, and it's and it's and it's just all about you. It's not audience centric. So again, kind of the reverse engineering we were talking about, yeah. instead of going in there and turning this into the Bridget show or the Robert show, no, turn it into the audience show, the show for my audience. And what can I give them that's going to lift them up? Here's another way that you can turn off your audience, Robert, that I just thought about. And it is trying to be funny or trying to <laughs> like starting out the gate with cracking some lame joke. Well, it's funny that you mentioned that as well, um, because I think a great tool and a great thing you can do is if you can bring humor in. But when I have the opportunity to talk to people about presenting, I always say to be careful about humor because if it's not you, if it's not authentic, it could be bad and it can go very badly. So being funny is great, but you have to be really careful. It's gotta be part of you. Um, Cause again, you, you say that I can be funny. I would never get up <laughs> and during a presentation or begin a presentation with a joke, not ever. And I, I, I bet you if I asked you, have you ever, heard me really tell a joke the answer would be no I don't tell jokes I'm not good at that so as important as I believe humor is I would never even try and work that in no I totally get it you have there's this wit about you and it's it's I, I don't know everybody you just have to be around Robert you just have to <laughs> be in a meeting with him you just have to <laughs> do a presentation with him <laughs> I mean I can't even talk about you being funny without just sitting here laughing <laughs> uh, I mean I just find you to be a complete riot and, <laughs> and and I agree with you Robert humor is an important part of a presentation but if you're not naturally funny that's okay I want you mm -hmm. to think about what do friends and family find endearing about you or find funny or comical about you and try to infuse that, but mm -hmm. not to go too deeply with it. I believe so much in humor being a part of presentations until in June of 2022, I wrote an article for the talent development magazine. And it's, I believe it's entitled, Why Did the Trainer Cross the Road? Mm -hmm. So the magazine is for people who are trainers and learning and development type people. And as you can tell by the title, it's about cracking jokes or not cracking jokes, but mm -hmm. how to effectively infuse humor into your presentation. So check it out, Talent Development Magazine. And it was the June 2022 edition where my humor article appeared. Here's another way, Robert that I've seen audiences get turned off and it, it immediately turns me off. And I know it's going to turn you off too. When you get up there and you immediately say, I, I didn't prepare. 
Are you kidding me? That is such a show of disrespect. Mm -hmm. You to mm -hmm. immediately get on the microphone and tell me you did not prepare. You're letting me know that you did not find me or my time worthy of your time or mm -hmm. energy to at least put together. I don't know. You can jot down some bullet points on a post-it note. I mm -hmm. mean, something to show that you care. Mm -hmm. Well, two things on there. And the first one is never admit when you've done something wrong or when you haven't prepared. Because I've always said, in your head, you're thinking about what went wrong or what wasn't right or the fact that you didn't prepare. You might be good enough that nobody knows that. Nobody saw the mistake except for you. And now you just put it out in front of them. And now you just said, oh, this wasn't working or that slide was wrong or whatever the, the blunder was. And a lot of times they won't know. But if you put it in front of them, it's right there. And now they have these things in their head. Oh, he made a mistake. Maybe he's not that good. Is he going to make another mistake? That's all sitting in front of them. Don't help them to see the mistakes. Just keep going on. And a lot of the time, they won't even know. And the other thing, um, again, I know we're talking about errors, but you know, back it into what makes a good presentation. I think one of the key things is preparation. Preparation and just something to tag on what you had said. Um, and in terms of not being boring, what is it that the organization wants, the company, the business, the organization, whoever hired you, who's ever paying you, make sure you find out what it is that they want. Even sometimes they don't know. You know, they may say, oh, you're the keynote. I just, I just want you to be interesting. But at least you know and you're preparing toward that. Okay, I have a lot of space because they think they're just putting me up there to start. Okay, and I can do whatever and I can take off now. Or if it's much more specific, you don't wanna disappoint them. But yes, you wanna make the audience happy, but they know the audience better than you most of the time. So hopefully they can give you some insight into what they expect to the audience to get out. So that's your first you know, cue or help or direction and you, again, working from the back into your presentation, if there's more specific stuff that you can get out, but at least you know where you're going, you know what you're trying to do for that hour. I think that's incredibly important. And I, and I think preparation is important. Um, you should go in there having an idea what you wanna do. Yeah, for sure. I mean, the first time you deliver your presentation should not be to your audience. You should have already heard your presentation in my book, a minimum of three times before you actually deliver it. I understand life takes over. You have a spouse, you have kids, you have responsibilities. And so the idea of going through your entire presentation, a minimum of three times can sound daunting or impossible. 
That's just my recommendation. I've been doing this since 2001, and that's what I still do so that I'm not going in there just winging it. Nobody wants to hear that. It's like going to a restaurant and a chef saying, I just kind of slapped this dinner together for you. <laughs> or, you know what I mean? Or going in for surgery and they just <laughs> kind of half cleaned, you know, the facility. Yeah. They just kind of, well, we didn't really prepare for you. You know, here's a find a root over there in that hamper and find a hospital gown to put on. I mean, it's like, who wants to feel like nobody prepared for them? It's like having a guest in your home and that but guest doesn't feel like you prepared for them. <laughs> it's like you said, it's disrespectful and it's sort of like, okay, I'm just going to waste your time or I might be wasting your time here. Why did you bother? Why did you come to this session? Why did you get here on time so that I could just run through this or Am I going to get something out of it? Think of it as yourself. I mean, again, and I think that our standards are, are kind of high because we've done so many presentations and we've watched so many presentations, but look at it like that as well. If I was sitting in the audience, would this be boring me? Exactly. Would, they, would this patch, is this 20 minutes? Is this too long for just giving out information? And, and what can I do? Again, think of yourself in there. What can I do so I'm not bored at this point or so that I'm not, fading out or getting lost <laughs> oh my goodness you tickled me Robert okay now like you just said you and I have seen and done a ton of presentations can you think of something that you saw in a presentation that just turned you off as an audience as, as an audience member um some of it we've said already um yeah. or is obvious you know if it's all about the presenter no I really don't yeah. you know I don't want to hear that either. I don't want to hear about how wonderful all the things you did and all the people you met and all the name dropping and everything else. Um, why are we here um, today? And then, you know, of the, you know, what's, what, what's your PowerPoint slides? What are your slides? Uh, you know, how much information is just packed on there? Is it any more than it has to be? I understand again, they're, they're, not everything is a keynote, not everything is an opening address and whatnot. Sometimes it is informational, but you know, don't pack them any more than they gotta be. Most people are not those information geeks and whatnot. Most people are gonna look and then it's on overload and then you haven't gotten anywhere. Um, so, so, so try and be careful with that um, when you're stuck with, with the informational presentation. I'm glad you bring up the PowerPoint or the slide deck piece because there's an episode everybody you're going to want to listen to that Robert and I have recorded entitled Power to the Point, where we talk about, do you need to have a PowerPoint? Yes, no, if so, then what? You'll want to check that episode out, Power to the Point. Okay, I think we've given them enough of the ways to turn off and audience, but then also how do you fix that? How do you make sure you don't turn off uh, your audience? And like you said, Robert, it's it's just thinking in terms of going in the other direction. How do I make sure I don't turn them off? How do I make sure I don't make this boring? How do I make sure I don't make this all about me? So yeah, give them the kind of experience you'd want to have if you were in the audience. Excellent, great way to say it, yes. Pretty much. All right. 
thank you to the listeners for tuning in to today's episode. Robert Honorado, thank you so much for your valuable insight. I am Bridget McGowan. Until next time, make sure you always own the microphone. Soon after graduating from the University of Connecticut with a degree in marketing, Robert Honorado began an academic career as an adjunct business professor, then moved into academic administration and spent 15 years working as a college administrator in New York State. In time, he returned to the classroom teaching leadership and business courses at Fordham University, where he still teaches today. Robert eventually began a public speaking career by delivering presentations, workshops, and addresses at educational and business conferences. These sessions turned into a full-time career when he was hired as a senior professional educator by a major textbook publisher. Robert held this position for more than seven years before returning to the academic world, where he held positions of dean and director of online education at several institutions. Robert is presently the Director of Education at Lincoln Technical Institute in Connecticut. He has earned an MBA from the University of Connecticut and has authored and contributed to several academic and professional books and publications. 